Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. If you want to help this video go nuclear, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Morvan Shetamain. Karma's a witch, but revenge is a bigger witch. So a little backstory. I've known Anne for a long time, 6th grade to now. We've been friends for most of the time, and we're those friends who tend to flirt with each other for fun, but it never goes past that, but boy do I wish some days. Now, we lost contact when I moved my sophomore year of high school. A few months ago, I bumped into her in the local big box store. We talked for a bit and we swapped numbers so we could hang out. A few days later, I found out she's dating this guy who I'll call Richard, because he's a freaking Richard, plain and simple. So Richard and my brother would get together. Richard starts telling my brother how he's sleeping with this girl, and he's basically using her for a place to stay for a few days till he gets his own place. When he decided to show my brother some risque pictures of her at work, my brother knew who it was right away and had Richard forward him the pics, to which he did. My brother sent me the pics, and I turned around and called Anne and told her to come over for a bit. We needed to talk and it was important. About 45 minutes later, Anne gets to my house. She sees me looking pissed and asks what happened. I show her the pics and tell her Richard works with my brother and he sent them to him while bragging that he was using you for a place to live. Quick side note, Anne is a spitfire when you cross her, so she gets pissed and calls Richard and witches him out for 45 minutes. Richard fails to realize that the store he works at has super high def cameras facing the counters because it's been robbed 8 or 9 times. So I call the boss, she's still the boss there, I just don't work there anymore, and tell her Richard is showing pictures that are not safe for work to employees and possibly customers as well. Boss pulls the camera footage from the time in question and can clearly see said pictures on his phone, along with him watching adult entertainment during his shifts. So he gets a three-week suspension and has a massive write-up. He's now got one foot out the door and about to be two. The state's also been investigating the $300 in missing scratch tickets. So they came down on him as well for unlawful distribution of adult content. Now for the revenge part of this. Anne told him they were done after a few days of her thinking what to do about him. He didn't take too kindly to that and started threatening her. My dad's the owner of a local transport business. They do cabs, limos, etc. Well, I call him and tell them that Richard is going after Anne. Now, most of the employees at the station have met Anne, and they all love her, and Dad planned on offering her a job anyhow. Well, Richard called to get a cab to Anne's apartment like he did every weekend. Well, I took the cab and got Richard and told him we had to swing by the station because I left my phone there. We pull up and I walk in and tell Anne he's in the cab. Dad comes out from the back and sees him in the cab. He goes to his computer and uses the remote for the cab and shuts it down. So I go to tell him the cab had a malfunction and he needs to wait inside for a few minutes while we fix it. Richard goes inside, sees Anne sitting at my desk with a dozen roses there and a card that says love you. I bought them for my grandma because she was almost back from a month and a half trip to South America. Richard flipped out and lunged at Anne. 
Big mistake as dad's about 6 foot 6, 315 pounds of muscle. Richard grabbed Dan by the neck, and before he knew what happened, dad had his butt on the floor and pinned him. The other driver we'll call the godfather because he has the Bronx accent, picks Richard up, pulls him out the side, and tied him to the pole by the building. Now this pole is right next to the sprinkler system for the lawn. I turned it on full blast and left Richard there till the cops came to get him. Now 95% of the cops know my family as this is a rather small town and we all get along great. The footage of him tied to a pole mysteriously disappeared from the evidence lockers after that night. He was released on bond and had to go to court. So he called the cab company to get a ride to court because there's a thunderstorm and he doesn't want to walk 8 miles. Big mistake. The driver drove extra careful because the roads were flooded by 4 inches of rain and visibility was low due to fog. Richard was 45 minutes late to his hearing and was held in contempt of court plus got charged with assault, trespassing, and possession because he had some coke on him. The judge threw his book at him, gave him 10 years, but would reduce it to 5 if he told him who his dealer was. Richard tried to blame me, but it didn't go over so well, so he came clean and got 5 years. And Richard was put into the cell with a guy who's known for beating the crap out of guys who abuse women and children. From what I've heard from my buddy who's a guard, Richard spent the first 2 weeks of his 5 years in the hospital because he got the poop kicked out of him. And he's the yard witch meaning he gets the worst jobs, and anytime it's a two-man job, he gets pinned on it by himself. Word travels fast, and poor Richard found out just how bad it can be. So considering the crimes Richard put forth, revenge photos, assault, stealing $300 worth of scratchers, possession of coke, do you think Richard deserved what happened to them in this story? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by NatAttack89. He lost his friends, his car, his job, and nearly lost an eye. I've been putting this off, but this is really the only nuclear revenge I've ever dealt out of my life. A little history about where I was at before all of this. I had a very rocky relationship with my father, and my mom had just kicked me out at 19 with nowhere to go. My dad actually stepped up and helped me for the first time in my life by getting me into an apartment in my podunk little hometown in South Idaho. I was hanging out with the wrong crowd and started going to parties and doing the things I missed out on doing with friends in high school. I was a goody two shoes up to that point and a late bloomer who wasn't used to getting males attention meaning I was a virgin. I started hanging out at the park, playing horseshoes, and letting my friends get me absolutely trashed when I met a cowboy called Slick. I didn't have much of an interest in him, other than just talking about old western movies. I'm a huge movie buff, and actors from the silver screen of classic 1950s movies. Slick and I both worked for the same company, as did 98% of the small town we lived in, so we knew each other in passing. He started coming in to get horse meds and other vet supplies and always asked me to wait on him. Okay, whatever, that was my job. One of our mutual friends invited me to a bonfire at their house, which was right across from where Slick was staying, in a bunkhouse. I went, not even expecting to see Slick there, and had actually taken one of my best friends with me to keep an eye out for me because I've never been a trusting person due to past traumas as a kid. A few hours pass, we're all drinking and Slick keeps putting his arm around me and trying to dominate whatever conversation I'm having with my friends, especially around my guy friends. 
I'm tipsy and not really caring about it too much, and go off with a few of my girlfriends in a group where we're gossiping and talking. A couple hours pass by, and my friend I drove up to the party with took off with another friend for a beer run. They never came back to the party. The party's winding down. I don't feel comfortable driving home with any form of alcohol in my system, and Slick says he has a spare cot in his room I can have. I didn't feel comfortable going, but my other friends assured me Slick was trustworthy. We got to his room. There was no cot. Slick says he'll sleep on the floor and we can watch Blazing Saddles, cause he'd heard it was one of my favorites. I said fine, and crawled into his bed fully clothed, sans shoes. Well, I'm sure you can guess what happened, so I'm not going to delve into the very unpleasant details. I didn't sleep the whole night, I just laid in the bed in disbelief that what had happened actually happened. Once I knew he was asleep, I snuck out of his room and drove home, sobered by the experience. I don't know how long I sat in the shower, but the water ran cold and I called out sick from work for two days. Over the next few days, I had bruises that covered my entire body. I had bite marks and scratches and fingertip bruises everywhere. I'd also developed one of the worst UTIs I've ever experienced in my life and called the town clinic for an examination to make sure everything was okay and declined to report it because the cops in my very small and rural town always sided with the men when women I knew reported their assaults. Slick became an awful force in my life. When he wasn't bothering me at work, he was leaving dead rattlesnakes on my doorstep and telling all of our mutual friends and acquaintances how he put another notch in his belt. And pretty soon, after all of his buddies stopped hanging around him when they realized he was a piece of crap. The Revenge My dad is a 6 foot 8 giant Cossack Russian. He worked as a machinist for many years, making his already big hands thick and calloused. Important for later, he's a very intimidating man and has a violent streak. Because I was on bad terms with my mom, I turned to him fully trusting him as someone I could confide in. His wife had to take pictures of my bruises for my doctor's file. I don't know why the doctor didn't take them herself. She told me to bring them in for the file. On my health to go with the assault report. My dad was livid, but he pushed his fury deep down and waited for later. Slick drove a really crappy Oldsmobile. He also liked to go out drinking every day after work. A few of my friends have been filled in as to what Slick did, and thus the rest of the town knew, as news spreads like the plague in tiny towns. Slick's crappy car mysteriously caught on fire outside of the busy bar, yet nobody's seen anything regarding how it started. Two weeks after his car burned up, my hometown had its annual birthday celebration. My dad goes to it every year and catches up with friends he hasn't seen in a long time. This also means visiting the town's bar. This is what my dad ended up telling me after everything happened. He walked in, said hello to the owner, and demanded to know where the one called Slick was. The bar owner begged him not to make a huge scene and to just keep things civil since he knew what my dad was there for. He told my dad that Slick was playing poker on the deck out back and my dad went out looking for him. He found Slick and asked him if Slick knew who he was. Slick was disrespectful and said he didn't give a care who he was. He was busy playing poker with his friends, who weren't really his friends, but guys who knew my dad and just watched everything happen. Strike one. My dad told him that he was OP's dad, and he needed to talk to him about respecting young women. Slick said there wasn't anything about me to respect. Strike two. My dad tells Slick to get his butt out of the chair and speak to him like a man. Slick tells my dad to piss off. Strike three. 
My dad picks up Slick, who's 5'4 and at the time 180-ish pounds, by his collar and stuck his thumb into Slick's right eye socket. My dad said he had never heard a grown man scream like a woman before then, and all he could do was smile about it. He dropped Slick on the ground and walked out of the bar. My dad was afraid the cops were going to be coming for him, so he found me at the concession stand I was working at to tell me everything that had happened before he left back for home. Nobody called the cops. The following week, the bosses at the company caught wind of what Slick had done to me and had already had an investigation open against him because they'd noticed some very expensive horseshoeing tools had gone missing with him being the only person around at the time. I should add that the company, though very large, was a tight-knit, family-oriented business in this small town. Both of my parents work-slash-worked there, and the bosses had known me since I was knee-high. They were very upset and ended up firing him and gave him 12 hours to vacate the company premises, including the bunkhouse. I only saw Slick in person once more about a month later, and his eye was still black. I had a panic attack when I seen him, so I didn't stick around long for howdy-do's. And that's my nuclear revenge story. It's long and a bit painful to remember, but I'm still healing and moving on from it 10 years later. My life's gotten better, and I know his life is miserable, and that makes me happy. Honestly, considering all the things Slick did, a black eye for a while, and having to move town basically, find work elsewhere, I feel like that's kind of light punishment for how awful of a human being Slick is. I'm glad OP's in a situation where they feel positive about the future. And yeah, Slick deserves a miserable life. And our final story of the day is by an anonymous poster, an Australian pilot enacts revenge against the Germans in World War II. Clive Caldwell, Australian pilot, he wound up in a British RAF squadron flying a P-40 Tomahawk, one of the first units in the world to fly one. Clive had trouble mastering the skill of gunnery deflection. He developed a training technique known as shadow shooting. You shoot at the shadow of your own aircraft. This was later adopted by the Desert Air Force. Now on to the revenge. On July 4th, 1941, Clive watched a German pilot kill his close friend, Donald Monroe, as he was parachuting to the ground. This harshens Clive's attitude, and he ended up shooting every parachuting enemy pilot he could. This earned him the nickname Clive Killer Caldwell. Clive shot down 28.5 aircraft and had an ace in a day. He nearly killed one of Germany's most famous aces, Lieutenant Werner Schroer. This is really one of those stories where you hear it and you put yourself in your mind at the controls seeing your friend get shot parachuting down and you just completely understand the rationale of going, oh screw everybody on that side, I'm shooting down any parachuting enemy pilot I can find. When you have no choice but to keep on going in that kind of situation, I feel like you just kinda understand. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.